You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Christ's Incarnation is the title of this devotion. My father wrote my mother a letter in 1951 when he was uh, in Le Havre, France, uh, with his ship. He was a cook on the ship in those days. And he wrote my mom a letter, and one of the statements he made in that letter, I have a copy of it, we, Christianity is not an imitation, but an incarnation where Christ comes to live in us by His Spirit. And this, we see what that is like. We see what that looks like, because if you say, Christ in me, the hope of glory, Colossians 2 verse 27, you kind of go, Christ in me, what does that look like? And always look to Jesus when you want to go to the original of what it's supposed to look like. And I think that that's so important. You see, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, when Jesus Christ came into the world, he said to God, offerings and sacrifices for sins you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Why? Even though they were commanded by the law, did God not desire those offerings? Because those offerings and sacrifices for sins were a continual reminder that we were still lost in our sin, that we needed a savior. But Jesus says, offerings and sacrifice for sins you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. And as it is written in the scroll of me, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. And by the doing of that will, he saves us. We read it in Hebrews 10, verse 5 through 10. You see, the body Jesus prepared was not just anybody. It wasn't just anybody. Anybody that all of a sudden had some kind of experience, saw some kind of angel, saw some kind of star falling, saw some kind of shadow in the moon, none of these things made Jesus whom he is. Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting God. He is the creator. Nothing that was made that is made was made without him. All things were made through him and for him. He is the first and the last. The more you come to know Jesus, the more you begin to know who God is because he is God incarnate, embodied in the body God prepared for him. When Adam and Eve had sinned in the Garden of Eden, God spoke to Satan and said, the seed of the woman will crush your head while you bruise its heel. The bruising of the heel speaks about the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross. The crushing of the head speaks about Jesus destroying 
the power of the devil in his suffering, death and resurrection and exaltation. And what we need to hear, dear friends, is that that body of Jesus was the seed of the woman. Jesus was born of a virgin. So you could see that God perfectly redeems, buys free from the consequence of sin those who have sinned. But we do understand this according to Romans chapter 5 and 6, that sin came into the world through men, not through the woman. And you may say, I don't understand. Wasn't it the woman who ate of the forbidden fruit first and then gave to her husband who was with her? It says it, who was with her. And he also ate. Yes, it's true. She was deceived. But he sinned. Why? Because the commandment not to eat of the tree was given to Adam, not to Eve. Eve was not yet formed from the side of Adam when the commandment was given. God gave the commandment to the man. And it was through Adam's sin that sin came into the world and through the one man's sin all die because of him. That shows you, you cannot think too little of the power of sin. Through one man's sin, death came to all mankind and all mankind now have taken on that nature of sin, which is self. Self lies at the root of the nature of sin. <laughs> Adam and Eve, before they sinned, were not self-conscious. They were God-conscious. But after they sinned, they became self-conscious as they separated from God through the nature of sin. And they began to embody the nature of sin and death. We have, I have right now in this body, the nature of sin and death. I mean, nobody has to be convinced that as I'm getting older and older, I'm dying and there will come a day when I have the privilege to lay off this body of death as a seed in the earth, awaiting my return, when I return with Christ, according to 1 Thessalonians, and the earth gives up a new body, according to the power of God, by which I am again clothed in the created, where the created becomes perfectly subject to the heavenly life. And there's no longer a separation between the created realm and the heavenly realm, but heaven and earth are reconciled to God. Oh my goodness, all of creation is looking forward for the manifestation of the sons of God, Romans chapter 8 says. And we in this body live in this hope of what is said before us in Christ, who is the firstborn from the dead, seated at the Father's right hand, as the surety, as the safeguard of that eternal life that now is given from Him into you and me, so that as He lives, we may live also and are being kept by that life of His life-giving power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed at His return. And yes, when I leave this body before His return, without a delay, 
The moment I'm absent of the body, I will be present with the Lord. And I will be clothed with the heavenly garments white as snow, as I will celebrate together with the saints of glory, worthy is the Lamb of God, until the day comes that the heavenly Father says, go and get my bride, and Jesus comes to the earth, and we come with him. Oh, what a glorious future. But let us back up to the... <laughs> to the incarnation of Christ. The incarnation of Christ is one of the great cornerstones of the Christian faith, the divinity of Christ, that He is God, that He's from eternity to eternity the same, that He was before all things were made and that all things were made through Him and for Him and that He is the beginning and the end and so forth. That is so important for us to have as a foundation as great cornerstone of our Christian faith, but then the incarnation of Christ, the body. The body was, like I said a moment ago, the seed of the woman. He was born of a virgin. It was the seed of Abraham. You can study that in the book of Genesis. Genesis. Mm. Genesis. There we go. And that God preached the gospel, Galatians 3 verse 8 says to Abraham, when in Genesis chapter 12, he says to Abraham, and in Genesis chapter 22, in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And God, Galatians 3 verse 8 says, was preaching the gospel to Abraham. <laughs> Abraham, it says also in John chapter 8, verse 57 or something like that. It says that Ab Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced in it and was glad. Oh, what a wonderful thing when you can see that Jesus, according to the book of Galatians, is the seed of Abraham. He is the seed of David. And that all has to do that God gave a display in the natural, a shadow, a type of what he would fulfill in his kingdom that would become a spiritual reality through Jesus Christ in our lives. These shadows and types created a hope by the Spirit of God that now is fulfilled in Jesus, who is our ever-living hope and imparted to us what was a shadow and a type to them is a living experience to us. What we can see foreshadowed in the Old Testament is now experienced in the New Testament by the power of His heavenly life. So the incarnation is so essential for us to know the only true living God in the body He prepared for Him. <laughs> and then it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and verse 19. Let me read it out of here. Verse 15 says, Now He is the exact likeness of the unseen God the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. <laughs> Verse 19 of Colossians 1. For it pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, power and attributes should dwell in him permanently. Jesus is the perfect embodiment of the invisible God. So that when you look to Jesus, 
you see the Father. And then look why this is so important, friends. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. Oh, how I love these verses. In Him, in Christ, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Perhaps you have sometimes heard of the word Trinity. The word Trinity itself is not in the Bible. Not in the original text. It's not that word particularly. That word simply means three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfectly embodied in the body of Jesus Christ. That is simply what it means. And, and a powerful scripture to, to, to show this is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. <laughs> and friends, this is the word Trinity, oneness. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. In John 17, 22, in his high priestly prayer, Father, the glory you have given me, the glory of being one with you, I have given to them so that they may be made perfectly one so that the world may know you sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Friends, if you begin to realize the atonement, how important it is to our Christian faith, for you are in Christ, in Him, made full, having come to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And then He shows you how important that is with the demonic forces in this world, that they dare not come near us because greater is He that's in us. And what I want you to see about this atonement, friends, is that it shows you whom God has predestined you and me to be. That what God demonstrated in the human body of Jesus, the son of Abraham, the son of David, that you see the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, the seed of the woman, that you see whom God predestined you and I to be. Jesus Christ is the perfect embodiment of what you and I are. It says it in Romans 8 verse 29, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And today, the Holy Spirit is at work in us, conforming us continuously, into that image in which we were born. When Christ came into us through his life-giving word, that began to mature in us. What? His image, his nature, his character, his humility, his goodness, his grace, his love as a son, his love as a father. That whole attribute of the perfection of his Godhead began to manifest in us. And I read to you just now from Colossians 2 verse 10 that through Christ in us, we also come to spiritual maturity in the knowledge of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in us and reach full spiritual stature. 
I mean, Jesus talks about this in John 14 on the night in which he was crucified. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come, who will abide with you forever, then you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. And as I live, you will live also. And then he says, he says, when the Holy Spirit has come, you will realize I'm in the Father, you and me, and I in you, Holy Spirit in you, I in you. And then he says in verse 23 of John 14, I and the Father will come and make our home with you. And there you have the Trinity, the fullness of the Godhead in us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I understand that the human mind has a tendency to separate the three, but in God, they are inseparable. They all have their, they all have their, their manifestation of the Godhead in what they do is that the Father is the, is the fullness who reveals himself to us in the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. And while this is all amazing to watch in its aspects, it's all perfectly one, it's inseparable. In the Holy Spirit, there is no separation between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are perfectly one. And they come to indwell us. And as we become more spiritually minded and begin to think by the nature and character of the Holy Spirit in us and are enlightened with His thoughts, we begin to understand these incredible graces. And it begins to manifest in how we pray and how we're able to communicate and connect and believe and receive. And, and dear friends, it is the Heavenly Father who wants us to begin to appreciate what He has given us in the Incarnation. We would have never been able to fully understand who God is. I mean, if you would have gone, and I'll close with this, in the days of Moses to Moses, and to Aaron, the high priest. And you would have said to them, you know, Aaron, when you go into that holy of holies on the day of atonement once a year, I am living in that. In what you go to do when you pour that blood of the bulls and goats upon the mercy seat and the glory of the Shekinah, begins to manifest upon these stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel on your chest and shoulders. And you begin to see the radiance of the reflection of the life of the light of God from these stones. And you come out to bless everybody in the name of the Lord. And they see the Shekinah glory shining from you, from these, from these ropes that you wear as high priest that represents all the glorious graces and gifts and blessings of the Father through that life that you there emanate for shadow is what I live in. It's what lives in me. Friends, they would have looked at us and thought you are mad. Nobody was ever allowed into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest and only according to the prescriptions prescribed for him or he would have died there. So for you to say, I will live in that would have been unfathomable. And yet, Christ in us, all the glory of what was foreshadowed is in Him. And He is in us, enriching us with the unsearchable riches 
of the glory of Christ. And Paul would encourage you and me to hear this when he says in Ephesians 3 verse 8, I, who am the least of all the saints, this grace has been given to make known the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, friends, God is looking for you and me to offer our bodies as a well-pleasing sacrifice, acceptable and well-pleasing to Him, so that He may reveal Himself in us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that we may live in that unbroken fellowship of the Father and the Son manifesting in us, in our communion, in prayer, in our love for one another as brothers and sisters, in our laying down our life with His humility and meekness and lowliness and upholding and empowering and enabling others. Oh, my dear friends, what you see God began in Jesus, He now continues in you and me. Wow. Amen. Have a good day.